On today's episode of Locked On Suns, the one thing no one really wants to say about Suns Clippers, more final predictions and a confidence index on all Suns players, all Clippers players. What are we afraid of? What's really worrying us? We'll get into all of it and more. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering you, covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at Suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to close out your Thursday, start your Friday, get one step closer to Suns Clippers. We're here for you every single weekday. So if you like what you're hearing, hit follow or subscribe. Get this show in your feed every single Monday through Friday. We're on all podcast platforms, so wherever you're listening, you can do that. You can also follow along at Locked On PHX Suns, where hopefully I'll be back with some commentary and things throughout the playoffs. A little bit of insight as well as new shows there, obviously, as well. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, which is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Aaron Edwards is here. We're going to do our confidence index on a bunch of different things around this Suns Clippers series, different players, different parts of it. We'll do that all in a second. First, the promised thing no one else will say uh, about this series, which Aaron, to me, is I don't feel like anyone knows what to expect. I don't feel like people have a lot of things to grasp at in their analysis of all of this. I feel like the Clippers make that a little bit hard feel like these teams have not played each other. We don't even know what to say about the Suns with Durant because we haven't seen it very much. I don't think anyone knows anything, and I think that's the secret ingredient to all the stuff that you've been hearing, reading, listening to, watching all week, including my own. I'll admit it. I'll cop to it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i on the other end. I don't get the confusion. I feel like yeah. everybody's scared to say the thing that they think they really want to say is in any other scenario, any basketball, any, any, like whether it's pickup, whether it's a fifth grade team, whether it's a high school team, Paul George is out. If you ask who has, who are the best five players in this series, we're going to end up having four of the five. In any scenario, you're going to say the thing that you want to say if somebody told you that somebody has four of the five. And I don't get the confusion. I don't get the people that said sons and six, sons and seven. Like, I don't get any of that because from the beginning to when you're tiny to when you're a grown up, if you have four of the five best player in a series, you're the better team by a large margin. So I, that's my thing. I don't get the confusion and I will never get it because it's really simple. And everybody's scared to say the S word. So I guess I won't say it on here, even though I really want to say it. (laughs) But I will just say that that part is confusing. Well, two things. Yeah, save your prediction. We'll do that at the end. I already gave mine, but uh, we'll talk about it. Um, So the betting odds right now, what's, what's very weird to me is I believe that the Suns are like minus 300 favorites in this series. I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say that because I say it every... It's minus 500. And yet, 
they're only seven point favorites on Sunday. Like it doesn't that like some of that stuff is where I start to feel like people don't know what to make of what's going on here. Um, and then you look at like total games, what people are betting there. The most likely is either five. I guess five, six, and seven goes from there. So that feels pretty good. But it basically makes you feel like people think the Suns are going to win four out of the five very close games, which I guess, but if you think the games are going to be close, it's kind of weird that you would think the series would be so lopsided. Um, But to the point that you made about the team that has four of the best five players and all that stuff, um, wouldn't you have said that about Dallas last year? With the Suns? I guess not four, but three. Three out of the best four players or whatever you would have said, right? I think I think three if you have you have a shot, but I wouldn't have put Chris Paul in that five, though. Okay. But you put him in the four <laughs> now? I mean, like, because that's the other part of this, right? He's, Where it's like a lot of this is going to depend way. on how you feel about the Clippers' other guys, Russ or Gordon yeah. or Zubots or whatever. I think he has to do way less, which... I mean, if he can't be a spot-up shooter, then this is definitely going to be his last year. So I'm taking a little bit of heat off of him with all the stuff that he has to do finally. Like, he doesn't have to do as much. He had to be our leading scorer in, like, the Pelican series and all that stuff. And he doesn't have to do that anymore. And so I feel like with the easier job that he has, yeah, like, if you can't be the point guard when all you have to do is be point guard, then, yeah, that's kind of on him, if anything. I think the other part of why this is so weird to people is because of Kawhi, honestly, because, I mean, I I meant to pull this up, what his his playoff numbers have been in his past few runs. And then Russ. Like, I think that it's actually swung the other way with Russ. Am I wrong to say that people are actually now kind of okay with Russ and almost like there's been a little bit of a backing off of him? And I think that he kind of proved some people wrong. I think he's been better than expected when it comes to the Clippers' tenure. And I think that there are some people who are like, hold on, like if I count this guy out completely, am I going to feel like an idiot? And there, he is such a, I think, an X factor in this series because if he played, if he plays really well, like, like as good as Reggie Jackson did in that last series, let's even just say that. I think this <laughs> That's is a, a lot. It is a lot, and it won't be the same way because, like, <laughs> Reggie was a great shooter. That's not going to be what Russ does. But if Russ is, like, pretty good, and then uh, I'll say the numbers now. Kawhi in 2018-19, 39.1 minutes per game, 24 games, obviously won a ring that year, 31 points per game on 49% shooting from the field. 2019-20, which was the bubble, and everybody clowns that team for losing. Still, 39 minutes per game, 28 points per game, and six assists per game on 49% shooting. And then uh, the year that he eventually tore the Achilles, the first 11 playoff games he had there, also 39 minutes per game, 30 points, and he shot 57% from the field. I think there's a lot of this that is like not wanting to bet against that guy, despite what you're saying, which I do think is true, is that people are looking at the series as a whole and being like, I really like the Suns, but am I really going to go against a healthy Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I think that even like this is just heavy lifting for him. Like he asked Paul George to come to this team specifically because he knows he was going to go up against teams like this. He did it for the Warriors 
specifically. But like, I think he knows that even for him, this is heavy lifting or he wouldn't have asked Paul George to even come there. Like this is going to be tough for him. Even if he has to go all out and go superhero, like Giannis had to go superhero and we still almost pulled it off. And I think our team is way better. And he had to go like one of the greatest finals runs of all time. So yeah, like I can see like Kawhi going off, but his supporting cast isn't nearly as great as Giannis's was either. I think that's all fair. That leaves us right. Have to guard, he's going to have to guard KD too. <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into all that in a second here. Let's get into our confidence index. Let's talk about some of these guys in a little bit more depth. And then we'll hear Aaron's final prediction. We'll see if he does say the S word. We'll talk about all that next. First, guys, today's show brought to you by Nissan. And Nissan, the Aria, is the sponsor of the electric player of the week. So it's Nissan's most electric player of the week brought to you by the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Unfortunately, the Suns did not play any games this week, but <laughs> I'm going to give this as a forecast. I'm going to predict, I'm going to make you guys uh, feel very good. And when you have all the information ahead of time here, and I'm going to say that Deandre Ayton is going to be the most electric player of the week. We'll get into him in this confidence index, but when DA has been in the playoffs before he typically has really stood out. Brilliantly fierce, stunningly powerful. I'll always remember that first Lakers game at home, game one, 2021, and DA just owned that first quarter. He's going up against uh, Anthony Davis, Marcus Gasol, even Andre Drummond, whatever players you want to say. All of them more experienced and better than him at that time, I think, outside of Drummond. And he just owned it. He just, just dominated. And I think he can do that again. We'll get into it, as I said. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria is the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, first up on the confidence index, and it's not all going to be confident or not confident, but it's it's just a, a little bit of a way to grade ourselves here. And it's it's based on what we were just talking about coming out of that last segment, the Clippers star. Aaron, how scared of you are Kawhi? How scared of Kawhi Leonard are you? How worried does he make you heading into this series? How much do you worry that you're crazy to bet against him or or, or doubt him? Um, I'm really not that worried. Like I get, I know it was regular season, but he didn't play that great the last time we played us, even though it was against all our second unit. And the time before that, remember, I think he started like oh for like Seven. eleven or something. Yeah, something like and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like something like that. And I just think like like, yeah, we're not as cohesive as we were back then. And it was a whole other team, I think. But I just think like maybe Monty's figured something out, or maybe like it's just a mental block with us, but he starts off slow and he can't afford to start off slow if we have the offense that we think we have. Like I think if he even lets up even a little bit and he starts off oh for anything and doesn't get to the line, this is going to be a long night. That's just not going to be great for them. The way that I kind of put it is like the, the it's not that different from what Paul George did, to be honest with you. He just has to slow the game down and be so good offensively through the first four first three quarters that I feel like then you could see his defense taking over. And then he can be impactful on that side because I just don't think like if you watch their games, even recently, like I was listing off with the, I've been talking about with the stats lately since the all-star break, I think he's playing like 36 minutes per game, 27% usage. He's shooting like 56% from the field, scoring almost 30 a game, 
you say all that, but then at the same time, like he's not guarding the best player most nights. And I don't feel like they're going to want him to do that. I think that they're going to have him guarding a Kogi quite a bit and helping off and, and just being able to kind of, you know, try to go for steals and maybe be there as a switch player if you need him to, whatever. Uh, but he's not going to start games on Durant or Booker, I don't think, at least not in the beginning of the series. So that's kind of the blueprint for it. But since he's not a big man, he's not Giannis where he can affect the game on both ends all the time and and somehow find the energy to do that, you know, with his injury history and all that. I, I am worried about Kawhi Leonard, but I don't know if he can do enough to make the series, you know, super different than I think it will be. You know, I don't, I don't know what he could do to surprise yeah. me, I guess. Um, question number two, how confident are you? This one is confidence in Deandre Ayton based on how he ended the regular season versus how we've seen him play in the playoffs and what you might remember from this matchup in the past, all that stuff put together. Give me your confidence level with, with DA right now. I think like I'm confident and I'm like, especially if he's wants to stay mentally in the game, because he's not going to get the chances he got last time we played them in the playoffs to just attack Zubat and just get to the line and do all that stuff. Like he's not going to get those touches. And I just want to, that's mostly what I want to learn in these series is how fine is he? Oh, is he going to be with the touches that he's going to get? Because now he's on the court with KD and Booker, and it's a lot different. And yeah, I, I know KD, when he first got here, he made it a point to feed Aiden the ball and show him that he wasn't left out. But sometimes, like, once it gets close and once these games get tight, like, there's going to be some games where he doesn't get the touches he wants. And I know he likes attacking this specific center on the Clippers. So, yeah, I just want to see how fine he is with it. It'll, it, it is an interesting kind of collision with – um, or like a, a way to highlight some of the questions we already have about his engagement and, and just commitment and stuff. And I, I'm not even doing that on him, like to bring up the game seven or like any of that stuff. It just, his, his role is going to be limited. We just know that. And so any, any player would be challenged to kind of sacrifice like he's going to need to somebody who was a big part of, of a great team and is going to be a little bit less of a part of a great team. It's not about DA. It's just about that to me. But you compare it to the last time these teams played, which you brought up, I don't feel like Aiton's getting enough attention in the lead-up to this because I think he's going to have to be pretty good. Part of it is what he did last time. Part of it's what he did against them in the regular season this time and what I feel like his role will be now. But he averaged basically 38 minutes per game in that series, which he never gets that high. He did against the <laughs> Bucks, obviously, in the finals because... Charge got hurt and we have any centers. He had to, right? It's it's the finals. You gotta play. But 38 in that series. And he also averaged 14 rebounds per game. I'm not sure if Aiton's ever had another six-game stretch where he averaged 14 rebounds per game. And it was in yeah. the conference finals. You know what I mean? So they are gonna play small. I think Zubots is a little better than he was two years ago. So I think that they actually might stay big more than more than they did that series. Either way, whether it's against Zubots or against small ball, he's gonna need a rebound. Um but then the other thing with me, uh, with him for me is they are going to try to take away the pull-up jumpers that the Suns have. People have been talking about uh, you know, him being in drop coverage, Zubots. It's like, yes, but the Clippers also aren't idiots. Ty Lue's not an idiot. They're not going to just yeah. <laughs> let those guys rein those jumpers in. They're going to have Zubots step up a little bit more than he's used to. 
maybe not right away, but as soon as the Suns start making any of those jumpers, they're going to do that. What that's going to leave open is that drop pass on the roll to DA. And that's exactly what you were talking about. Duran has been looking for him on that when he comes off, off of a screen because he's always going to draw two guys and that's going to leave DA. The same thing will happen if Zubats takes another couple steps forward is as long as Aiton rolls hard, there will be an opening for him to catch the ball and do something. But they're pretty good in help and they do have a lot of size. So typically that's going to not be a dunk. It'll be a jumper, mid-range jumper, a floater or something like that in that in-between area. Kind of the Blake Griffin, you know, range. Um, yeah. They don't have DeAndre Jordan to throw a lob to. So Aiton kind of needs to either get that ball to his shooter or score it in that spot. I don't think they need to have that working to win the series, but it would go a long way if they could. I think this series to me is all about the Suns not having to adjust. <laughs> That's so like cocky to say, but like yeah. you can, <laughs> they can win this series without adjusting. And I think that if they can make short work of them, not even have to worry about Paul George, not even have to do any of that, then, then they'll be in a good spot. And I think if Aiton plays really well doing a lot of the things we just talked about, I feel like he will, they will be able to. And so I think confidence-wise, I think he will be engaged. He always has been in the playoffs. It's just a matter of feeding him, getting it to him in those spots, and then him him being effective and executing. But the opportunity's there, I guess, is my point. Yeah, he's going to get that little jump hook in probably any series that we have. Like I think that people are going to roll over, and he's going to have to see doubles a lot faster if we do want to feed him the ball because people come from that weak side and strip him a lot. So I think like the the notes are out on that part, but yeah, he's I think not going to get those little have, dump offs to Batum and whatnot. Like he did last time. You're right. Yeah. 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 So I think like pretty much having KD taking like all the gravity that they say about Steph, like I think Ty Lue's also not dumb when it comes to that. He's going to, he's going to have to make the harder decisions on who he's doubling off of and who he's just going to be fine. Giving open jumpers to It's going to be a big Chris Paul series. Like, because I think Russ is going to guard book and I think they're going to try to put somebody that's, not really that great on Chris Paul because you have to help off on KD and book. So that's probably going to be more on Lou is how tough his decisions are going to have to be. It is definitely going to be a harder one for him. Um, <laughs> he's on, you know, he's, he's coaching the worst team and everything, but yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm curious, like, cause I had kind of had it in my head that I thought Gordon would guard book and Russ would guard Paul. And then Kawhi would be on a Kogi, like I said, helping. And then, you know, Batum, I think, will probably start. It sounds like Clippers people think he'll start. I thought Morris might, but either one, either one of them will guard will guard Duran and then Zubats on Aiton. Um, but maybe you're right. I think that'll be one of the interesting things is how do they defend Chris Paul? Just right off the bat, do they try to... Because they could even do something like the Warriors have done of... It wouldn't necessarily surprise me, uh, but it, it would... Right off the bat, if we see it, I'd be surprised, but they could do something like putting Batum on Chris Paul or a bigger player on Chris Paul so they can switch the pick and roll easier. And then, you know, maybe when Zubats is out of the game, that's probably easier. And then, and then it starts to be a little more complicated, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Russ defensively. So, <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think Ty Lue does either. Um, I mean, I think the end of the game, do you agree? Like that's when we'll probably see Kawhi on book would be my guess. I, yeah. well, you said Kawhi on Durant. Yeah. So, do you just think they don't have an answer on book at all? Is that, is that the, is that where you come down on? I it? think that's the decision he's going to have to make is, does he want to, I mean, you have one of the best defensive players of all time. Like you're and once the game gets tight, you're going to have to put him on somebody. And I think, I know book is still like going into his prime, but you have to be more worried about KD in the fourth and getting 
pretty much layups in the lane like whenever he wants like if you want to give up that pull up and still have what somebody smaller on him or just not have your best defender on him then yeah i mean so be it but i think you'd rather have your best defender on kd when the game gets tight if it is tight honestly yeah i think the last thing i'll throw in here is on this note with the matchups and everything which i had the other one of my other questions on this was how we're how Worried or how confident are you that Russell Westbrook is going to make a difference in this series? But I also just said at the beginning that I don't think anyone really knows, so maybe there's no way to know. I think the point on him is the role will be pretty... The way he can impact the series actually seems pretty simple to me. Like, don't turn the ball over, get the offense going in transition, and just try to finish at the basket. Try to get free throws when you do have opportunities in the half court. Because I think that they're going to... And don't let them get offensive rebounds. Yeah. (laughs) I think that they're going to, in the half court, when things are just, you know, fully slowed down and everything, like Kawhi's just going to be the offense in the half court most of the time. Or somebody like Norman Powell or whatever. So Russ, like, doesn't need... Yeah, they're not going to guard him. Whatever. The Suns... Kawhi's not going to really care about that, right? And, like, Norman Powell can get his pull up three off really quick. And if they're running in transition, like I think that they can survive Russ off the ball, not being a totally big factor, but uh, it, that's why I feel like a little bit, he can make a difference and it might actually work out. But the, the last thing I was going to add is um, I think Robert Covington could be somebody who makes an appearance here because we're talking about what's your choice. What's your decision. You want to switch to how do you try to contain everything at one time? And, if you just put as much switchable guys out there as you possibly can and just say, we're going to switch everything, we're going to overhelp, we're going to have length, that feels like a way to try to screw the Suns up a little bit, but it's still just the best of a, not a lot of great options because some of those guys you end up putting out there aren't going to be very good. Like, you know, Morris is a question mark. Eric Gordon is a question mark. I don't think anyone feels yeah. like they're going to be great. Does that sound right to you, though? Like somebody like Covington, yeah. Batum, Kawhi, and you just start switching? Yeah, I can see just Monty, or not Monty, just Ty Loop just going straight size. Sometimes he's going to go small, and obviously, because we are really good at punishing teams that go small, and we're going to have two seven-footers on the floor now. So I think he's going to have to stay a little bit bigger than he wants because he does like to run, Russ likes to run, and he's kind of tried to accommodate that since they got them, but he can't go as small as maybe Russ would even want to. Like They're going to have to stay pretty tall and – that might work for them, but it's just, it's probably going to hurt their offense if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, that's the, that's another thing I'm curious about is I think that there's a version where Russ sets up their shooters enough and they could, that's going to be an advantage. I think this, the Clippers are a better shooting team than the Suns. Now they don't have Kennard anymore and guys like that, but I think overall they're still a better overall three point shooting team with their role players. So can you find enough of a balance with those types of lineups where you're switchable and versatile defensively, but you can also shoot? I don't know. Probably not, but we'll see. Um, all right, that leads us into my last question, and then we'll get Aaron's prediction. So we'll get into all that in a second. Before that, if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, you need the best-tasting protein bar ever, and that, of course, is Built Bar. If you're like me and you have been trying to make healthier snack choices, I got like a, a a pork jerky at the at the store the other day. I have like a fruit leathers, but those aren't very substantive. Those aren't really going to fill you up. Built Bar does. They're healthy and taste amazing. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so they always have that. They're always sweet. They're always delicious somehow, um, despite having such little sugar. 
and they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. You don't need to wait to get a box now either. Built.com is always there for you. You can mix and match, make your own combo box, all that good stuff. But if you live in the Valley, your odds are next to or nearby a Walmart or Sam's Club. And fortunately, they have specialty flavors at those two stores as well. You can go to the pharmacy section of a Walmart and get a cookies and cream, coconut puff, double chocolate, or get a jumbo box at Sam's Club. Get a brownie batter puff or churro puff, and you can thank us later. That's Built.com, Sam's Club, Walmart, big pack, small pack, whatever it is, get yours today. All right, let's close things out. One more question in our son's playoff confidence index here, Aaron. Um, how are you feeling about the Monty Williams versus Ty Lue battle? Because I kind of feel like the only reason that series went six in 2021, outside of Paul George being very good, is that Ty Lue just had some tricks up his sleeve and was able to steal a couple of games, bog things down. That game three was in the 80s. The Suns won that game, but it was in like 86-83 game. And, and it felt like the game was played on Ty Lue's terms. Do you think there's a potential for that this year, or do you think the talent is just too different that it's not going to matter? I think the talent is too different. And I think that KD kind of takes away tricks that you can kind of do sometimes. <laughs> because, yeah, like you can throw Pat Bev at Book and annoy him. Book broke his nose that series. Like, I think you can do stuff like that and like try to get under people's skin. But like I said, four out of five. Like, it's really just, it's on him to try to steal a game but money like you can throw a couple tricks like maybe you try to just put a big on kd and just annoy him like i don't know what his out is mm -hmm. because mikhail bridges and cam johnson and them they're not out there J uh jay crowder's not out there like i don't know what trick he can because the times that he has played kd it hasn't gone well because it's just a different type of x, uh, x factor i think I agree it might not end up in them like winning the series or even stealing a full game, but I do think Ty Lue is the kind of coach where there will be something we're not expecting, and he has the confidence to try it, right, and like get his team ready for yeah. it and execute it. They're never going to try something and, and fail at it. It might not work, like just practically, like they might not pull it off, but they're not going to mess it up or not commit to it or bail on it after a couple times or whatever like even Monty today at practice was talking about uh they played a ton of zone in that series and they didn't even really have yeah. to there's no like necessarily reason <laughs> I guess they didn't have like the perfect guys to match up and they didn't want to have PG exhausted chasing book around all the time but they just kind of pulled that out and like they're gonna do stuff like that I talked to the past few episodes about the boogie thing remember that game where boogie scored yeah. like 15 <laughs> points out of nowhere um, they don't have a guy like that this time, but that's part of why I was thinking like Covington or do they do something with Highland to just try to get him some shots? Like, does he just start a game out of nowhere? Like, I don't know. I, I think there could be some stuff like that, but to put it a different way, let me ask it to you this way. Cause uh, like I said, I've been saying on the show, I think I said it today, the sun's plan to me should be to come out swinging in this series and try to end it as soon as possible. That way you don't have to worry about Paul George coming in. You don't have to worry about, you know, Chris Paul or Kevin Durant getting hurt or just, just go for it. Um, how confident are you that Monty is going to handle things that way? Or do you agree? Maybe you think differently that they shouldn't, they should play it more patiently because they have, you know, three series after this. But if it was, if it was me, I'd go, you know, everybody's playing 36 minutes plus, and we're just going to try to get this done in four or five 
and and you know get it out of the way do you think monty would do that no because i know he just likes to give certain players minutes and maybe too many sometimes and i just can't see him shortening it that much like we're hoping that he can shorten it what down to eight and a half maybe yeah. <laughs> like we're hoping like we don't see 10 people playing so yeah i don't see i think he's gonna slow play it i still think that giving that he can have KD or book on the floor at all times now with rotations like his job has gotten a lot easier with having to do that <laughs> so i so if anything like yeah before he was probably playing all those dudes and he was sitting book entire like quarters damn near on the second quarter even when hope book was playing the first so i think it was a lot of pressure on him when it came to that book thing mm. because our points had to come somewhere but i think not having that kind of pressure on him now he still might kind of go a little ari and play like wainwright maybe like nine minutes or something like you don't know when it comes to him <laughs> man you were putting me back into uh some ptsd flashes <laughs> thinking about some of those <laughs> those no book stretches or even like when it would be neither guy um, I feel like that happened and it would just like every campaign shot was just like life and death. <laughs> like it just, it just, uh, it sucked. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I look, I don't think it's like go crazy with it, but I also feel like Durant is the Durant wants to play 40 minutes a night in, in these games Yeah, and he very well might. And so maybe it's going to come more from the Mine players. You kind of said earlier. Before the season ended, he was like, he's going to play more later. So, like, I think uh, KD said something about playing, like, 37, 38. And he was like, we don't really look at it because, yeah, he's going to play, like, maybe 40 soon. So, we don't really care about what he plays on the regular and when they wanted so, yeah, to have, play 40 soon. And when they wanted to have that run-through on that in that Denver game right before the end of the year, and they were like, really the only reason we're playing our guys is to get a real run of, like, a playoff rotation, what that will be like for everybody. And KD played 40. Chris and Book were at, you know, like, 38 and 36 and da was at you know 34 or whatever it was so i don't know uh we'll see i don't think they'll they'll overdo it there might be some games that they can win playing a more balanced rotation i don't think it's like they need to hide the bench by any means i just think the goal should be to win this in four or five like that should be how, your approach from monday when they started practicing and, and yeah. getting ready for this in my opinion um all right S word or no S word? What is your prediction here? Suns, Suns winning. It sounds like, but how many games? I'm gonna say the S word. I just think it's I. I think the Clippers have to play too perfect, and unless the Suns don't, unless we get a regular season whistle, like every, unlike everybody else, I think the reps are already starting to call it close. Even though Toronto got a lot of shot, uh, free throws yesterday. If the Suns just aren't like hacks and we get at least an honest whistle, I think that this is over pretty quick. I said five. I'll stand by five. I do think Kawhi would never say. I'm, say, I'm sweet. I mean, sweet, by the way. Yes, My bad. Sweet. I didn't actually say the S word. Four <laughs> Suns and four is, is Aaron's pick. Uh, I have a t shirt that still that says that. So maybe I should have busted that out for today's <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Kawhi would never say anything to my face, I don't think, because uh, he doesn't know who I am and he doesn't care what I think. But uh, I feel like it would be disrespectful to to pick against that man playing as well as he is in, in four games. I also think Ty Lue is, he's not always a great, like, I have a great game plan for minute one of a game, but he's going to throw some stuff at you in, like, minutes 30 through 40 that you're not expecting. And I think that can swing some things. And that sh the shooting stuff, Russ, all that. Like, there's too much... Yeah possibilities of ways that the Clippers could could build it up that 
Uh, I, I can't fully see a sweep. I don't think it would be impossible, but um, I, I'll say five. I had the Locked on Clippers host on yesterday, and I can't tell if he was doing it so that his audience didn't get mad at him, which I can relate to, um, or if he... He said, I can't pick against the Clippers. I never have. And then I was like, well, did you, did, would you have picked them in 2021? And he was like, well, no. I'm like, okay. Well, so then what's different now? Because the Suns are better and the Clippers are probably about the same, or if not, maybe worse. I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's some intimidation. I will say, I'll, rather than dumping on him, first round in 2021, I fully thought the Suns were going to lose, and I picked them anyway because I was like, I'm not going to sit here, first playoff appearance in a decade, and be like, yeah, they're screwed. It's over. So... I can relate to that, but uh, I do I do feel pretty good about this one. Maybe not minus five hundred good, but I'm pretty minus five hundred good. <laughs> All right. Do you think it'll be fun at least? Do you think we'll get some good games out of it? I think we will. I think the first game in LA. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Might get some good Chris Paul moments. I know it's been a while since he was a Clipper now, and he already had that game six that kind of cemented him forever, but uh, that'll be a fun subplot as well. Russ versus KD stuff, all of that. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the preview content. It was a, I didn't do like a super straight, like strategic, everything's all mapped out. This is what each episode is going to be, but I think I covered everything. So go back and listen to past episodes. We had the Clippers perspective yesterday. I did some Kawhi KD stuff. I've done... Uh, Paul George stuff. What what if he comes back? What's the impact going to be? All that. So it's all here for you. Hit subscribe or follow. We'll have more next week recapping each and every game. Shows between ep- between games. All of it. Every single Monday through Friday plus extra if there are weekend games. That'll be the routine for the playoffs. That'll wrap us up. Thanks for making Locked on Suns your first listen every day. The everydayers. Yes, we're introducing that. If you are an everydayer, tomorrow on the show, well, Monday on the show, game one recap. Where are you going to go besides here? You don't have anywhere else. Please tune in. Get that show in your feed. Stick it right here. And I will talk to you guys on Monday.